Welcome to day 292 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. I'm here with uh, Katie Kresge, David Keefe, and Matt Kresge, and I'm Paul Kemp. We're continuing our journey uh, through the Gospel of Matthew, and we come to uh, Matthew chapter 20. As always, when we uh, come to Scripture, we realize what a privilege we have to know the heart of God, to hear the Word of God. Uh, as we've seen in Matthew, sometimes very comforting and sometimes in a very, uh, very challenging. And we receive both of those as a work of the Heavenly Father and through His Spirit. He rightly applies each of those to our lives at, at the right time in order to bring us to completion in, in Christ Jesus. So we, we pause. We posture ourselves before the Heavenly Father prepared to receive from Him. And with a desire, you know, that Jesus described, you know, in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, of hunger and thirst for his rightness. Uh, and, and so before we read, Katie, do you mind doing that for us? Not at all. Father, when we read your word, um, when we see what you have done um, to display your love for us, um, we are reminded of your holiness, we're reminded of your goodness and your um, your righteousness and at the same time we're reminded of our unrighteousness and our sin that um, causes a huge wedge um, to drive us away from you um, and so Father I, I pray that you would um, humble us as we approach your word today and um, but also in that um, there's such grace um, and we're reminded of how you have come after us in, in Jesus um, and shown us the depths of your love. So would we, would we um, worship you as we read your word together today? And would your spirit continue to transform us um, into the likeness of Jesus? It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard, he agreed to pay him a denarius for a day, and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, You also go and work in my vineyard, and I'll pay you whatever is right. So they went out. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those who came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Those who were hired to last worked only one hour, they said. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work in the heat of the day. But he answered, he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give to the one who was hired last the same as I gave to you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am so generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. On the way, he took the twelve aside, and he said to them, 
We're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death, and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day he'll be raised to life. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want? he asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other to your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink the, uh, from my cup. But to sit at my right hand or left is not for me to grant these places belong to those for whom they had been prepared by my father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. This is the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside. When they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them, Be quiet. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them, What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, We want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight. And, and they followed. It's always been one of the more interesting sections of Scripture uh, where uh, James and John and their mom oh, you know, to ask a favor of, of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, she's ambitious for her kids, and her kids are ambitious. <laughs> and uh, Jesus you know, teaches them a very important lesson on ambition, you know, that the, the real ambition ought to be the ambition you know, to serve one another. Mm-hmm. Not usually our ambition, right? To take on the Again. the characteristics of a servant and a slave, you know, to to be the least of all. Yeah. No, that that that's I mean, not. No one wants to be least. And I know we, I don't so often. We've played with that all week. Where you know, and Jesus said to Peter, "Get behind me, because you don't have in mind the things of God, but things of men." And, and certainly, that vision of greatness is is one of the things of men that deeply hinders our ability to serve God and to know God and to enjoy. You know the fullness, you know that we have in, in God. Well, that's our, our reading to close last so, so day Matt, yesterday. If, uh, if David shows up, you know, at five in the evening, and you show up at nine in the morning, <laughs> and you each get a denarius. It's usually the opposite of that. How, how are you going <laughs> <laughs> to respond to that? Yeah, I would be happy. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'd be happy for I, I think that's exactly why Jesus tells the parable. That says, "What is a denarius exactly?" Yeah, yeah. he knows. Yeah. He knows. I mean. That's that's why unjust. this parable is so striking, is because it really does seem so unfair, and yet Jesus highlights the generosity you know of the Father here. And I was just because our reading yesterday closed with you know, but many who who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. And then he says it again. So the last will be first, and the first will be last. You know, the, the brothers come; they want to be first, and Jesus says, "You still don't get it." All right. Like, look at me. The Son of Man, you know, came to be, came to serve, not to be served, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And it's just that upside down way of seeing oh, yeah. the kingdom, and that, that's exactly what this parable. It's, it's uh, well, down you know, we we saw it yesterday, of course, with the you know the rich man that came to Jesus, and uh, you know couldn't quite take that final step to divest himself of his wealth and to follow, you know, Jesus. And and the disciples are going, wow, that that's crazy. If this guy can't. 
you know, inherit mm-hmm. you know the kingdom than who possibly can. Mm-hmm. And of course, their whole view of God's blessing and God's you know success very very similar you know to ours. You know, it's measured you know by by wealth and by accomplishment, you know, rather than by grace. And of course, you see in the in the parable of the vineyard, you know, the absolute grace. No one is deserving, whether they think they've labored hard or whether, you know, they you know they have not. It's just a lavish gift from a very mm-hmm. generous uh, landowner. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, you're not thinking about the gospel or living in light of the gospel when you begin to kind of do that kind of Christian comparison game, you know, where it's. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm getting there early, and I'm doing this, and they get in there late, and they don't seem to care. And obviously, we should have concern for each other when it comes to some of these things. But it is so easy to think of all that you're doing, all that other people might not be doing, rather than you know Jesus says elsewhere, you know the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. You know, so whenever the laborers are getting there, like let's rejoice, let's be excited that we have people that are here and you know but usually i'm not in that mindset and it's just so discouraging to see myself not being in in light of not living properly in light of jesus's words so we're like little children the opposite way of jesus asking us to be like little children we're going you know this is not fair yeah mm-hmm. you know i did you know you get something you know that i i didn't get but mm-hmm. it's all you know grace from beginning to end and rejoicing in the grace you know that we have uh rather than in something we might not have uh, you know, is uh, an incredible call of, of, of worship to realize that we've all been, you know, not given a Daenerys, but we've been, you know, uh, lavished with so much of God's goodness and God's grace. I just see in this chapter just so much missing it. Just a lot of people, including us, who just miss it because mm-hmm. we, as y'all have said, have our eyes on on the things of man. But um, and then you have. These blind men, of course, in other accounts, it's Bartimaeus. Um, So it's interesting that there's two blind men in this account. So I'm sure you have insight about that. But who blind men who don't who don't see physically, but who can see that he is that Jesus is Lord, son of David, and they're asking him to have mercy on them. So it's it's just such irony happening um, that his disciples who have seen and experienced his, his works, his signs that point to his um, being the Messiah, missing it and still assuming that he is bringing a physical kingdom and then, and not understanding that he's predicting his death right here, like right in front of them. And then blind men who recognize that he is um, so much more than that. I think that's pretty cool. Would I be more like those blind men, you know? We, we, we more often are. I mean, you know, there, there's so many things that we, uh, you know, they're so common to us that we, we take them for granted and fail to, you know, fail to see their glory. And sometimes, you know, we, we, we simply can. And again, that's a matter of, you know, not being determined to see more of God's glory, but coming into his presence and asking him, uh, you know, to continue to reveal His glory and to give us a heart to see it. All right. Well, it's been a fun week. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of psalms for you to read tomorrow, and uh, love to see you. You know, as we worship together as God's family, mm-hmm. or as you worship together with uh, the family that you know God has uh, placed you in uh, as well. Father, thank you for your Word. Thank you for what you do through your Word. Thank you that. Uh, 
we, we, we can see it a, a thousand times and see it in a new way every time we look at it. And Father, we thank you for what you desire to do in us through your word. And, and we do pray that we would be shaped by your word. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.